Hello, all, and welcome to Wake Up With Marcy, a show of hope and inspiration. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I have healed through my depression and have been in recovery since 2016. For this reason, it has become my passion and mission to help others struggling. And because of this, I wrote my memoir, Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles, ranked number one new release in the 12-step genre on Amazon. In the book, I share my story of trauma, addiction, and recovery to help you, the reader. I want to meet you where you are in your healing process and support you with knowledge I have learned through my healing journey. You do not have to do this alone. We all deserve to live a life of happiness. I know it's possible and I share with you how. Now let's hear about my incredible guest. We first meet Tracy McCubbin, celebrity decluttering expert and best-selling author of Make Space for Happiness, She will educate us on how organization and how decluttering encourages mindfulness, reduces stress and anxiety, and improves overall mental health. We then learned some great coping tips with clinical psychologist, Dr. Elizabeth Rivera, host of Wonderstruck. She educates us on contemplative neuroscience, what it is that that means, and how it can help us to cope better with life, along with the awe and magic discovered in her new podcast, Wonderstruck. And finally, we get inspired by Meryl Tangestall, the first and only African-American woman, U.S. Air Force U-2 pilot, a competitor on CBS's Tough as Nails, author of Shatter the Sky, and an advocate for women and children of color in STEM. Now let's meet these incredible guests and move towards a life of happiness. I will now speak with Tracy McCubbin, celebrity decluttering expert and best-selling author of Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want and Making Space. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. And I like decluttering. I mean, this is a hard one because I feel like it sometimes can be a gift to to be organized. Um, But is organization and decluttering, is that the same thing? No. And that's such a good thing to get people started with. I think where people really get tripped up is that they try and declutter and organize their homes at the same time. Organizing is a process. uh, Decluttering is a process and cleaning is a totally separate task. Mm -hmm. So you kind of need to separate all of them. And the really important thing to remember, Marcy, is that before you organize, you have to declutter, right? It's like people always say to me, what's the best way to be organized? And I always say, have less stuff. So you (laughs) always start with the decluttering phase. Okay. All right. Great. So you say that decluttering reduces stress, which I kind of, I get that. (laughs) How is yeah. That? So here's the thing. So great. So think about this. Think about your clutter as every piece of clutter is a decision you have to make. Do I want it? Do I use it? Do I love it? Do I have a place to store it? Do I need it? Did, was I able to afford it when I bought it? All of a sudden, when you start asking yourself all those questions, you put yourself into fatigue. You put yourself into decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. So if you think about your stuff, that you become a steward of that stuff. And then also when you go to get rid of it, 
how do I get rid of it? Do I throw it away? Does it end up in a landfill? Can I give it to someone? The more stuff you have, the more decisions you have to make. And we all know that more decisions increase our stress. Yeah. And you know what? I think through those things too, like if I'm going to throw something out, it sometimes can really bother me because I envision it in a landfill. And I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that sometimes because what, how else am I getting rid of it? <laughs> so, exactly. So yeah. this is such, such an important conversation. And this is why I wrote the second book, Make Space for Happiness, because we can't talk about decluttering and being organized if we're not talking about our consuming. Yeah. What are we buying? What are we bringing in? And then when you're done with it, where does it go away? My grandma used to always say, when you throw something away, where's away, right? Mm -hmm. Where's it going? So if we look at what we're purchasing and then think, eventually I may have to let this go. Is it worth to buy this thing for it to end up in the landfill? Right. It's a really great way of rethinking how we're consuming. I like that. I like that. How about boosting our moods? How can this help us? You know, I describe clutter as a constant to-do list, right? When you walk into a home that's cluttered, you just keep thinking, where do I need to put this? Where can this live? You know, I give the example all the time of a cluttered kitchen and how people don't want to cook in it because yeah. it's got too much stuff on the counters. So when you start thinking about removing all that excess stuff that's weighing on you, your mood is like, automatically elevates. I've seen it happen. I've been doing this for 17 years. Mm -hmm. It's a direct correlation. Yeah. And, and one of the things you also share is about being more productive. The less stuff we have and, and around in our homes or offices creates more of a, a productive mindset, really. So, and how is that? The, uh, amazing. So think about when you get dressed in the morning, right? If you have a disorganized and super cluttered closet and it's full of clothes you don't fit into anymore, you don't like anymore, you're starting your day off in a bad space. You're like, you know, you're beating yourself up because, oh, I put weight on or I spent money on that. And you're running late because you can't find an outfit. And then you're starting your day at a deficit. Yeah. So my whole goal with everyone, and this is super important, your home is a tool. Your home is a tool that supports you, that replenishes you, that rests you, that builds you up. And if your home is cluttered and disorganized, it's taking away from you. Mm -hmm. So this is never, Marcy, about being perfect. I don't, if you want rainbow colored bins, knock your socks off. That's fantastic. But it's really about creating a home that works for you. So these are all wonderful things, and I love organization and decluttering, and I agree with everything, which is amazing, but how do we get through the overwhelm if our houses are full of clutter and we don't even want to start because we don't know where to start? Ah. Uh. My favorite question. So two things. One, 
start with, and this is a little bit of what I call the woo-woo step, start with getting really clear about why you want to declutter. Do you want to declutter because you want to have an extra room available so your grandkids can come visit? Do you want to be able to have a party and have your friends over? Do you want to just come home from work at the end of the day and feel a little more peace? When you have a why that's positive and something you're excited to work towards, that's going to keep you motivated. And the next thing to do is start small. Rome was not cluttered in a day. This did not happen overnight. You're not going to get it done overnight. So I've created, and I do these on Instagram, and they're so fun. These things you can declutter in under five minutes. Mm. So I take little categories, pen cups, coffee mugs, magazines, the easiest things. And I'm getting so many messages from people that are like, I did all of your videos. And the next thing I knew, my whole house was decluttered. So I made them bite-sized little. Yes. Yeah, it's great. And they're bite-sized little chunks, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bite-sized chunks. So they're fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I think we just need to take life in little bite sizes so we can manage it. (laughs) So where can we... Exactly. How do you... I know. So tell us, how can we find more from you and find your book? Because with all the stress and anxiety in life today, let's just help ourselves a little bit. And this is an easy way to, to get started. Exactly. And that's why I want the, I wrote the book. I just want everyone to have a little more stress and love their homes a little bit more. So Instagram is my big platform at Tracy underscore McCubbin. I put a new five minute challenging up every couple days and then tracymccubbin.com will take you to the books. I have a newsletter, lots of really fun stuff going on. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on Wake Up with Marcy and getting us organized. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Marcy. All right. Bye-bye. After the break, we will learn some great coping tips with clinical psychologist, Dr. Elizabeth Revere. I'm now speaking with Elizabeth Revere. She is a clinical psychologist, body awake yoga teacher, and podcast host here in New York City. You recently launched a podcast, which is called Wonderstruck. And I just love that Wonderstruck. Why that name? Well, it's exactly because the podcast is that's what it is about. It's Mm -hmm. about wonder and awe and being struck in that moment when you're not necessarily expecting it Uh to be filled with a sense of amazement and seeing something or experiencing something deeply profound. So it's being struck by wonder and awe. So when could that be? Give us like a scenario, because somebody out there may be like, awe. I've never experienced awe before. (laughs) Yes. My friend Sophie says, I haven't experienced awe in five years. It's like, wait a minute, Sophie. Um, Which is sad, right? (laughs) Or maybe we're experiencing that we don't even know we are. Yes. It is the kind of thing that can tend to be hidden in plain view. Mm -hmm. And, but basically the, the experience of awe is that it's for everybody. You know, anyone and everyone can have this experience. Um, The social psychologist, Dr. Keltner talks about going and working in San Quentin in the prison system Mm. and being afraid to talk about awe, and yet the prisoners experience it. So it's like the daylight sun coming through the window in the morning Mm -hmm. and paying attention, noticing noticing that. It could be 
you know, the su- just a very simple sunset mm-hmm. or the tree outside of your window coming into blossom in the spring. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at that. It's, 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 it's an aesthetic emotion. It's, it's beautiful. Right. It's in, the st- in standing in the face of something that you weren't thinking about that day yeah. and then it was right there. So let's talk about that emotions because I think we get stuck in a lot of the same emotions. Right. We know happy. We know sad. We know fearful. We know mad. Right. But there are so many other beautiful emotions Mm -hmm. that we were not tapping into. Mm -hmm. We're not allowing ourselves to feel them. And we have to do things, take action to create those emotions for us. Right. Mm -hmm. To feel that and to recognize them like you're talking about those awe moments Mm -hmm. because they are all around us. So it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and so many of us are dealing with stress and anxiety and depression. Depression is at an all-time high. But one of the things that you are so interested in and work with so often is the contemplative neuroscience. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how it can help us to to reshape our thinking. Yes. So, um, like, so anything that is considered contemplative is like poetry is contemplative. Um, you know, literally med- meditation, yoga, gardening. Mm-hmm. You know, something that sort of puts you in more of an at, like a flow state mm-hmm. kind of experience. Like, takes you a little bit out of your routine and sense of time. And these kinds of experiences are they they. In- they engage or ignite the creative process. Um, they they are more of an expansive experience. They just like awe or mm-hmm. wonder. Mm-hmm. It's an expansive rather than a reductionistic. Fear uh, can be very reductionistic. Negative self talk reductionistic. So you're you're in this process of where things are opening. Mm-hmm. And when you go create space, there's room for something else. Right. There's room for joy. There's yeah. room for an oh, like maybe. It's not so miserable as I thought. Yeah. Because you're really trying to like calm the mind and open it through these experiences. And as we, you mentioned the neuroscience aspect. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many studies. You know, maybe 25 years ago, people weren't even talking about meditation. That was like something weird. I know, right. And now it's incorporated into almost it, everything. It changed my life. Oh, that's great. It really did. Um, when I got sober over seven years ago, I started my healing journey really mm-hmm. um, because it created the space. I was, you know, I wasn't masking all my pain anymore. Exactly. And so then I had to work through it and feel that. And I meditated every day. I rested every day. And so when you're talking about creating that space, that's just you do that in quiet, mm-hmm. right? Allowing yourself to stop with the chaos in your mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And, and, and so much of our, our chaos and our stress and, and, and anxiety, it, it's rooted. It's rooted from something else and a lot of times from our childhood. Mm-hmm. And, yes. we, and so rewiring our brains. Yeah. What does that mean? How can we do that? Oh, we can do that. <laughs> we can so do that. And I know it seems like it's often feels like it's intractable, in, intractable sorry, and impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that is a feeling. The yeah. feeling of impossibility is a feeling, not a reality. Mm-hmm. And why it's possible is that we know from science that the brain, the mind is neuroplastic. 
we know that we have receptors in the gut, the heart, and in the brain. And that, and we have, you know, with brain cells, it's not just how many brain cells you have, but that you have an infinite number of interconnected capacities through your neurons. So it's like this. Mm -hmm. And if I'm thinking and I experience something new, like more of these grow, more mm. connections and more connections. Yeah. And so that is what it means to be neuroplastic. So if you're in a meditative space mm -hmm. um, or if you're just walking down the street and you notice like a flock of, I don't know, geese or something flying by that catches you, it takes you out of time. Yeah. It opens the mind. Guess what? More connections are being made. Wow. In a meditation, yeah. more you're, you're, <laughs> it sounds funny to say, but it's like your mind grows, your, your mental, your creative capacity, yeah. it grows. It does. It grows. Yeah. We can show it. Things light up that they didn't used to light up on a mm -hmm. scan. Mm -hmm. and, that, and it is living in creativity that makes us happy. Yes. Right? It's the antithesis to trauma. Yeah. And yeah, despair, right? Because you create, you're bringing into being something new, as opposed to collapsing into something mm -hmm. despair or fear, right? Which just shuts everything and reduces right. everything. And sometimes it's easier to be in that place because it's what you know, and yeah. healing is so hard. So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about Wonderstruck and what are your listeners going to get, and what inspired you to create this platform. Well, I think, I mean, really coming from what we were just talking about, what inspired me to create it is, well, I've always been asking these kinds of questions <laughs> my whole life. Uh -huh. Like, what is going on? What is reality? What is that we, what is it that we don't talk about or that we don't see? Um, and, you know, what is it that is transformative? What is mm -hmm. it that's transformative? Mm -hmm. And we know, and this can be basically like, it doesn't have to be God-based or even spiritual. It can be like the sense of the profound or a sense of unity. It doesn't have to be religious, even though for me it's very spiritual. Yeah, me too. Um, but what is it that causes that kind of transformation? Mm -hmm. It is about being in that space where there is something greater than myself that I feel connected to, whether it's nature, mm -hmm. it could be God, it could be a greater sense of community. Yeah. And, you know, it's intuitive. Like, mm -hmm. we know this. Yeah. And yet it comes from in here, right? It's our higher self. It's yes, okay. Think of yes. it that way. If you don't want to think of God or higher being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it is the thing that is so like, aha, waking up transformative. And these kinds of transformations come from a lot of times these kinds of epiphanies or wonderstruck moments. And, you know, so curious about that. And, you know, um, so curious to figure out well, why is it? People have these kinds of extraordinary experiences, and you you talked about recovery. People have spiritual experiences in yes. recovery, mm -hmm. and you can talk about it in recovery, but people don't talk about it in the everyday life. Mm -hmm. And yet, we talk about all kinds of things that are kind of catastrophic and horrible. Why are yeah. we talking about these things that are deeply uplifting and profound and I meaningful agree. and real? Uh, yeah, and I'm so glad you're doing it, and that's what I'm trying to do, too. And Elizabeth, I just am so grateful you came on the show and for the work that you're doing. And, you know, if we can just keep changing lives one day at a time, right? Absolutely. Yes. Changing lives yes. one day at a time. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on Wake Up With Marcy. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. When we come back, we get inspired by Meryl Tangestall, the first and only African-American woman U.S. Air Force U-2 pilot, a competitor on CBS's Tough as Nails, and the author of Shatter the Sky.
now speaking with retired Colonel, reality TV star, and author Meryl Tangestall. Meryl, welcome to Wake Up with Marcy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I mean, your story is incredible. So I want to ask you first, what was life like as a woman in the military? I mean, wow, that's incredible. You, you know, I, I had the opportunity to start in the military in the 1990s and go all the way up and retire in 2017. So, I mean, it, it evolved as a, as a woman of color going through the military in the beginning, especially as a pilot, there were not many of us. And so over the years, I had I got to see that, you know, more people and more people of color flying aircraft. So in the beginning, it was it was a little difficult as a student and you're learning to fly in the military. It's very stressful. But you compound that with who you are. And maybe there's some people who don't want you there. But it's okay as long as as I was taught at an early age, as long as you perform and perform well, they really can't say anything eventually they'll have to say you're just that good and you deserve a, a seat at the table and deserve to fly that aircraft. And you definitely deserve a seat at that table. Being the first woman to fly a U-2 spy plane. Wow. Like, what was that like? Right. So I was the first and only black woman to fly the U-2. So we've had in the 67 years of the U-2 flying, we've had approximately 12 to 13 women and uh, I'm the only black female still to this day. Wow. Um, how does it feel to fly that? I mean, it's phenomenal. Anyone who's flown a high altitude reconnaissance aircraft, this aircraft goes above 70,000 feet, which is twice the altitude of an airliner. Getting to see the earth from that perspective is something that I it has been an honor to be able to do time and time again, and also to serve my country and serve the warfighter below and help them and and give them intel and, and data to help them, you know, do well in in Afghanistan and Iraq when we were fighting in um, Operation Enduring Freedom and Iraqi Freedom. Yeah, thank you so much for your service and what you've done uh, for the states and, and for our country. And so, you know, for all the young people out there that maybe are lost and they don't know what direction they want to go in, I mean, you've proven that you can do anything that you put your mind to. What would you say to them to just help them know that it's possible? Whatever they desire. Right. Whatever they decide is that, number one, you can do it. There are a lot of people who live in communities that only see um, maybe one or two careers in their life that they can do. And a lot of times those careers end up in a very bad place. And I'm proof today that, you know, I grew up in the Bronx. Um, I grew up in a single parent household and I watched too much science fiction. And I decided at the age of seven, I was going to be an astronaut. And everything that I did throughout my life was for the sole purpose of getting skills and experiences to one day fly a spaceship. And so for those kids who feel like there is nothing out there or nothing for them, I'm telling you, it's out there for you. It's out there for you for the taking. I want you to, you know, school might not be the thing for you, but to get out and experience as much as possible. And as you do that, those opportunities will open for you. There will be adults who see things in you as you 
try to gain these experiences, whether you take a bus to go somewhere else, whether you're working at a particular area, and they will help mentor you when they see that you are, you want to be something more than what you are in your community right now and to come back and help that community. Um, do not give up your special, be yourself, be authentic in everything you do, because that's, you can't be anyone else. So be who you are, be proud, be unapologetic, and people will take notice of that. Beautiful, beautiful. So you share so much more through your book, Shattering the Skies, and I, I just, you're an incredible woman. And thank you for all the inspiration uh, that you put out there and motivating people and helping youth. So where can we find you and where can we find your book? So you can find my book, Shattered the Sky, with going to the stratosphere has told, taught me about self-worth, sacrifice, and discipline on Amazon.com or where books are sold. Um, you can also find me on Instagram under DragonLady788. That was the name I was given during my show, during the show Tough as Nails, because the Dragon Lady is the name of the U2 aircraft that I flew. That, that I flew. Uh, reach out to me on MerylTankestall.com. Um, just to let you know that I'm coming, yeah, coming out with an audio book here. In a, awesome. In the awesome. Meryl, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking with you. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Wake Up Today. What an incredible show. I want to thank my guest today, Tracy McCubbin, celebrity decluttering expert, psychologist Dr. Elizabeth Revere, and Meryl Tangestall, the first and only African-American woman U.S. Air Force U-2 pilot, a competitor on CBS's Tough as Nails, and the author of Shatter the Sky. If you'd like to find out more about my guests, please check out wakeupwithmarcy.com. Also, keep in touch with me during the week on social media. Remember to be kind to yourself and kind to others. And I'll see you next weekend.